Business Matters starts now. Hello, hey, good evening. We're at part two. Three members of Congress at this beautiful, beautiful St. Luke's. And I love this audience. You guys are great. Let's hear it for this audience. Incredible. Incredible people. And thank you all. Thank you all for your service and your interest. And it's been a great uh, first half. So now we got some audience questions. And I'll start with, uh, I like this one, by the way. What are we going to do to make our public education equal for all zip codes, our urban schools? Anybody want to jump on that? I almost heard a clap out there. Anyone want to jump on that uh, concerns? Go ahead, Susan. Uh, that, that to me it is one of the issues I'm most passionate about. I talked about it during my campaign and it's always been incredibly important to me. We have a severely distressed school district right here in the 7th district. But since getting to Congress and becoming part of the Education and Labor Committee, and by the way, because I got sworn in early because of the special election, I actually pretty much had my pick of committees and my number one pick was education and labor oh, for that right. very reason. Um, and the things that we have, you know, Brown versus Board of Education was def decided 50 years ago, and we still have the most, more segregated schools than we had at that time. We've got to do something about equalizing education across the board, regardless of zip code and regardless of parental Particularly income. Particularly in urban cores, you're concerned about urban every, schools? Every, everywhere, okay. yes. Anyone else, anyone else had a priority on that one? Okay. This one, go ahead, Dan. Do you want to say something? Say it's go ahead. certainly a priority. It's, 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 a, it's a top priority. And I do believe the correct amount of funding needs to be in place, but we also just need, need smart plans, uh, right? And there's, uh, there's the question of, of how much school choice, vouchers, charter schools. You know, competition tends to make things better. Uh, so I, I do think, again, common ground can be found, uh, and we, we really need the, the right plan in place because, frankly, you know, over the last 20 years, a lot of money has been put in and increased, and things haven't necessarily gotten better. Things haven't necessarily gotten worse, but, but we... Um, so you're saying uh, it's not only investment in dollars, it's about a plan that's going to improve... Uh, beyond that. Absolutely. I got that. Okay, how about this one? Uh, and I'll, I'll, ask, I'll go to you, Tom, on this one because uh, uh, how can Congress pass legislation that will take away our guns while the Constitution guarantees us the right to bear arms? Second Amendment. Oh, well, it can't. The Second Amendment guarantees that, and we're not passing legislation to take away anybody's guns. What we did do was to pass a bill that the vast majority of gun owners support, which is universal background checks. The idea that if you purchase a weapon in the United States, um, you shouldn't be allowed to purchase it if you've committed a crime, if you're a domestic abuser, um, if, if you're somebody who has a demonstrated record of misusing um, that responsibility. And, you know, there are loopholes out there that, that have allowed people to purchase guns who should not have them. The vast majority of us Republicans and Democrats in the country agree that we should have done that. Does it surprise you or do you get that the, uh, the pro-gun group is, that's the, that's the, door, that's the opening, that's, that's the first step to, to even more restriction? Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, we, you do hear that. So there's no movement is what happens. Well, you know, we had a Supreme Court decision that, that, that absolutely was clear in terms of where the line is that the government can't just take away people's guns, that all these things, the NRA spends tens of millions of dollars, God knows where they get this, we're learning some of that now, uh, to tell us that, oh my God, the government's gonna take away your guns. Well, it can't. It's against the law, it's against the Constitution, but the courts have said that there can be background checks, that there are certain classes of firearms, we can't buy hand grenades and bazookas, for goodness sakes, machine guns. Um, and so within the limits that the courts have set, 
the vast majority of Americans want us to take sensible steps to keep our kids safe in school, for goodness sake. Does everyone Not, agree that yeah. some sensible steps are, are no movement at all? I think, are, are, are you all on the pretty much the same page? Tony, we, we regulate every dangerous activity in this country. We, uh, there are all kinds of things that we do that, that ensure other people's safety, including driving a car. And the idea that we can, that, that the Democrats want to take away people's guns, you know, if, if that was something that Democrats wanted to do, it would have happened, you know, in the Obama administration, quite right. candidly. Um, and that's, that's not what this is all about. This is about making sure that parents can send their kids to school and not be terrified for their lives, that, that everybody in this room can go to a concert or a movie theater and not be think, strategically thinking about where the exits are. Gotcha. Um, it, it, that's really, it's, it, we have a problem. Dan, your thoughts on Guns that? are regulated. I mean, let's face it, you can't carry a gun in Washington, D.C., you can't carry a gun in Chicago, and that's, that's certainly some of the highest murder rates and, and, and gun violence in, in the country. Um, we, 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 again, we need to be smart about what, what, we're, what we're trying to solve. The Second Amendment exists um, and, and needs to continue. You can't prohibit law-abiding citizens' right to, to, to bear arms. Uh, the uh, background checks, absolutely. The, the NICS programs in Pennsylvania has a terrific program when it comes to background checks. On the same note, we've got to focus on protecting our schools. We, we, need, we need flagging and interventions. And when that occurs, that individual needs to be put through due process so as their, their, their uh, weapons or weapons in the home should be taken away. So there are smart answers. We agree on that. Yeah. All right. So you're, you're, but your perspective, we're, we're where we should be. We, we don't need a whole lot no, of change. No, I, I, I think we need to protect our schools better, okay. and we overall can do a better job. You're watching Business Matters, because if it's business, it matters. Want to enjoy the show on the go? Subscribe to our podcast. Go to www.wfmz.com slash businessmatters for more information. Now, back to Tony Ionelli. All right, here's one uh, real quickly, and I'm going to sort of summarize this, but with so many important issues, uh, we're spending so much time investigating the president. Uh, should we, I guess the question is, should we move on, or do you have a responsibility uh, relative to what just happened uh, to continue what, uh, what, in a sense, the, what um, the Mueller report said? Uh, it's now in Congress's hands. Your, your thoughts on anybody? Uh, do you want to talk, talk about that? Anyone want to touch that? Tom, you want to? Well, we can't evade it. I mean, look, okay. we, we, all of us would rather be talking about infrastructure and health care, gotcha. but you can't avoid the facts. And, you know, let, let me put it this way, for what I assume is a bipartisan audience. You know, imagine if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency and we'd found out that during her campaign she had been secretly working on a real estate deal in Iran, working with the supreme leader of that country and lying about it to the American people. And most of her campaign leaders were then prosecuted for having ties to Iran. Mm -hmm. And then she fired the FBI director to stop the investigation into what happened and then ordered her uh, former members of her administration to refuse legally binding subpoenas by the Congress to talk about it. I don't think that my Republican colleagues would be saying, eh, you know, we should move on and just focus on health care. Good. Tony, let me just say, there, there are a lot of committees in Congress. Um, the Oversight Committee performs some very important roles. I, I'm not on that committee. I'm not in, on any of the committees of jurisdiction that would have anything to do mm -hmm. with what you're talking about. But we can't forget something. 
and that is that the Russians interfered with our election process. And that is something that should concern every single person in this room and in this country. And that, we really, really have to make sure that never happens again. So to me, that's the most important oversight role that we can possibly perform. Okay. And, that, and I agree with that, and that has nothing to do with the Mueller report. And, and, and Congressman, we, we do so not- So are we, you saying that, that that's a whole separate issue because well, we well, got past- Well, it is a whole separate issue and needs to be dealt with. And frankly, during the President Obama administration, cybersecurity was enormously uh, reduced in funding. And since President Trump's been in office, it, it's been increased. Mm -hmm. Look, here's the reality. FBI Director Comey was fired because he falsified an approach to, to, the, to the FISA um, um, judges in order to get a warrant based upon phony documents called the Steele do the dossier in, in, order to, in order to gain access to surveillance of the Trump campaign. That's what occurred here. So what, what, what the backlash is going to be, now that Mueller yesterday stepped down with a couple of parting shots, but outside of that, there were no other. Look, he said there were no more inquiries, no more indictments, no further investigations necessary. It was a $32 million report, as deep a dive on any human being, perhaps ever in history, but certainly in, 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 uh, in, in the history of, of the United States, so, so now we're at that point, and now we're finding that we want to go back and say, okay, how did this start? That's the new investigation. And frankly, when Mueller left yesterday in his, in his announcement, he stated he didn't want to testify before Congress. Guess who wants him there now? The Republicans, because we want to know where that dossier came from. It came from actually Russian agents. It was purchased by the Clinton administration, the Hillary Clinton administration. Come on, right. Th those, are the, is, those are the facts. This Go is ahead, actually news Sorry. to me, but I'm happy to hear that the Republicans want Robert Mueller to testify. Yeah. That, that's good news to me. Yeah. That's, so that we can agree on something. That's there a, you go. That's, good, that's a bipartisan. <laughs> It, you know, and people love the ins inside scoop. Is, is, it, is this a tough spot for Speaker Pelosi? I mean, do you have interaction? Have, have they? Well, we, we have interaction with Speaker Pelosi every day. Um, and I will, I will say that... Because I get the sense she's more tempered, at least, at least in her approach. She has, I think she, she wants to go to the same goal. She has a lot of people to manage. Sure. It's a very large sure. caucus. Yeah. Um, each one of us have a much more... Um, concentrated role, which right. is representing the people of our respective districts. So what she has to do and what she has to manage is entirely different than what I think about on a daily basis on, on this issue, or Dan, or Tom. Um, you know, it, it's just a different job. Sure. Uh, would, would it be, Tom, would it be, uh, or is it overstated that the amount of pressure she's getting from some of the new, what would be, what people would term the far left, fresh, fresh uh, freshman Congress people that are coming? It, or is that a, just a balance that has to be achieved? Uh, I actually think that is overstated if you look at the legislative agenda that we are pursuing. Mm -hmm. The, the health care legislation, we're not, we're not pursuing single-payer health care. That's not been a vote. We're not pursuing the Green New Deal. That's not been a vote. There's not a, there's, we're not under any pressure so is that except example, on Twitter to... Tom, to, is that yeah, example the press yeah. has taken that and run with it and maybe it looks more important on the scale of things yeah, than because, actually is? because the press likes, you know, yeah. likes conflict and there's, there's real conflict but there's also imagined conflict and I think that's been a little bit exaggerated. You're watching Business Matters because if it's business, it matters. Want to voice your thoughts on this week's topic or guests? Sound off on social media. 
Use the hashtag BusinessMattersTV. That's hashtag BusinessMattersTV. Now, back to Business Matters. I would be remiss if we didn't talk infrastructure because I know that's important to everyone here. And I do think that we need comparative, and we've all traveled internationally, compared to other countries, airports, roads. I mean, we need an investment to grow. Uh, a lot of people here commute back and forth to, to into New York. And that's, I guess I want to ask you from New Jersey perspective, your thoughts on infrastructure. So uh, we live and die by infrastructure in New Jersey because our economy depends on people getting around, goods getting around. There are a lot of, there are millions of small needs. There's one gargantuan need, and that is to fix and replace the tunnel, the railway tunnel between New Jersey and New York. This is the Gateway Project. Um, that is a 110-year-old two-track tunnel surrounded by 110-year-old bridges that, that barely function and that are going to, they're, they're going to collapse in the next 10 or 15 years if we don't replace them. It is expensive, but our economy, not just in New Jersey, but the eastern seaboard, absolutely depends on keeping that transportation link going. And the federal government made a commitment to pay for half of it, which has to be kept. I want to ask this question, because uh, again, in our limited time, I want to touch on many subjects I can. So I, I'm looking, I'm thinking China, but actually I want to, I want to talk in a broader sense. Two things, I'll ask you this, Dan Muser. Uh, our, our foreign policy, uh, are you happy with it? Uh, are, are, in fact, we gaining support and confidence from our allies? And we are taking on Iran and, and China and some of the, the, what we would call maybe in this broad-based sense, bad actors. Your thoughts on foreign policy, where we are right now? Well, I, I do think some uh, sins of the past are, are being worked on in an urgent matter and trying to be corrected, particularly on trade. You know, you hear in the media how the president's taking on our allies. No, he's trying to correct some trade agreements with the EU, for instance, that have existed since, uh, since the Marshall Plan in 1946 putting us in some great disadvantages. Uh, the same thing with China, and the sa same thing with the Southeast, and with the USMCA, which is ready to go, and hopefully Speaker Pelosi brings to the floor, but let, um, uh, within the next couple of weeks, will be enormously meaningful for my district and, and for Pennsylvania. Uh, let's look at the Middle East. ISIS, two and a half years ago, was perhaps the largest threat facing our, our country, okay? ISIS has been virtually eliminated. Maybe not completely, but, but virtually eliminated. Uh, we're working better with, with, with Saudi Arabia. Uh, the Syria situation is still a terrible mess. Uh, and, and, that, and that began, of course, in, in the Obama administration and a allowing Putin to, uh, to, to, to play in that sandbox. Mm -hmm. uh, no, no pun intended. And um, so, so I, I, I think, the, look, I, I think we've got a plan in place that is, that is, that is working. And, um, and, and the allies that I speak to uh, from ambassadors of other nations appreciate the leadership America's providing. Anybody on this side, any thoughts and current concerns relative to where we are in public policy? Sometimes seems confusing, sometimes not so much. I, I think we're speaking to different ambassadors, Dan. The ones that I have spoken to have expressed some dismay about a deterioration of our relationship with our allies. Um, and concerns about um, building up of relationships with some dictators. Um, having said that, I will say that I think that often the president's philosophies or, or goals are, are not counter to what I would think or what many people in, in this country would think. It's generally a matter of having a difference of opinion with him about strategy. Um, you can't suddenly pull out of Syria. You cannot... You cannot um, um, destroy ISIS and then leave the area and hope that it doesn't come back. Um, there are there are 
makeshift prisons that, that, are, that are containing many of these terrorists. There's no strategy for what we are going to do to make sure that they don't have, have a resurgence. So strategy seems to be lacking. When it comes to trade, um, these tariffs, I haven't talked to anybody on the manufacturing side or the consumer or the labor side who, see, who think it's a good idea. I think we're all in agreement that NAFTA needs to go away and we need a USMCA. There's no question about that. Um, I think there is a lot of energy and, and enthusiasm for passing the enabling legislation for USMCA. However, I, along with a lot of other people, t uh, campaigned on a premise of reducing prescription drug prices. And one of the problems with the USMCA is that it bolsters prescription drug prices mm -hmm. it, and, and rather than reducing them. And that, to me, is, is a real concern. Tom Malowski, I want to ask you that. Uh, we too disruptive with Iran and China, or did, uh, did we have to get them back in line from your perspective? Well, those are two totally different, different issues <laughs> and both complicated. Look, we're, we're living in a very dangerous moment because we actually have great powers. Iran is a pitiful, middle-sized, at best power. But Russia and China are challenging the system that we have built since World War II, mostly American-led, a system of rules, a system based on institution, common values, respect for human rights and democracy. And our allies perceive that, that this administration, at least philosophically, is on the side of our former adversaries. We are, we are falling in love with Kim Jong-un and won't even shake hands with Angela Merkel, the leader of a country whose troops serve and fight and bleed and die with ours in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, and people don't understand it. And what I get a lot from particularly our European and Asian allies is, Tom, please reassure me that America will be back when this is over. And I'm at least optimistic enough to tell them, yes, I think we will be back. The Secretary General of NATO came in and spoke to a joint session of Congress. He laid out how NATO was being strengthened, and he praised the President and thanked him for his support in shoring up NATO and the funding. So there's one example of improvements he did because on international he's a, scale. He's a very good diplomat, and he knows that he has... No, he did because it's the truth, Tom. He has a, he has a president who, with and, a single tweet, can pull us out of NATO, and he, only didn't because Republicans, thank you, Republicans and Democrats in the Congress have consistently stood on the right side of this. Okay. On this issue, we are, we are in a very good place in the Congress. The Congress said, you can't lift sanctions on Russia. The Congress said, after the President tried to pull us out of Syria with a tweet, no, you can't do that. I was with Senator Lindsey Graham at the Munich Security Conference when that happened. And like, I mean, if I were to quote him, I would use words that, that I couldn't use here. Who started? And we turned that around. We were trying to improve it. And the Secretary General said it was because it was the truth. And I will send you images of the President shaking hands with Andrea Merkel. Well, because that's, would, that's an overstatement. I would love to see those. <laughs> I, I, asked, I asked Secretary Pompeo in a, in a, in a hearing have, have you ever heard the president use the kind of language of praise and love for allies like Angela Merkel that he uses for Kim Jong-un, a dictator who is probably the most brutal, cruel leader in the world today? And he said, well, yes, maybe privately. Maybe no more than the Iranian leadership, and they got a $120 billion package a few years ago that we're trying to correct. You're watching Business Matters, because if it's business, it matters. 
Miss an episode of Business Matters? Catch up online. Go to www.wfmz.com slash businessmatters to watch the most recent episodes. Now, back to Tony Ionelli. So it is a complex world. It really is. And I respect what you do because it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. So maybe the question would be, where do you think, I think maybe everyone would wonder, where, where do you think we can go from here? We have an election coming up, which was going to make life really uh, crazy interesting. But we're in that, this next several years, uh, in terms of serving the public, where do you think we can go that will, in terms of a positive momentum, besides infrastructure? I think infrastructure, you know, we all get that. Everyone wants to improve airports and roads and infrastructure in general. Yeah. We get that. But what else do you think we can, we can do in a positive way? I, th I think one of the things that we can work on that can, would have widespread bipartisan appeal would be workforce development. Um, I think that there are... Republicans and Democrats who would across the board who would would benefit from that and it would lift up people in our society who need to be lifted up yeah. um, so that I think that's something that we can work on and I, the middle class I think and, could, could absolutely yeah. the middle class um, the one thing I will say is that I think that uh, you're right we're going into a, a what's going to be a very difficult, I think, election year, although we now know at least that Tom Malinowski can't run for president, so that's one Democrat who's not going there to enter go. the race. Wow. <laughs> but, um, there goes that whole campaign but, down the tube. But I think, I, think that Ameri I think that American voters need to demand that their politicians, that their elected officials show, show decency and courtesy and thoughtful, reflective um, policy making. I think that's what people want, but you, you, all of you who are watching this, need to demand that of your elected officials. And if they're not acting that way, then you need to do something about it. Good point. Okay, but on the same note, yes, our president at times is off color, but policies that damage families in my district is far more important to me and what's best for our country for is example, far more what's an example of that you see that's well, what's hurt your health care the, the high cost high cost of, of of obamacare and the lack of legislation on reducing the, the prices for prescription drugs uh transparency uh br bringing these uh, these, these uh, frankly these drug companies under control illegal immigration has has gone nowhere. It 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 could, as I stated at the beginning here, we we could engage in comprehensive uh, illegal immigration reform. Uh, there's there's certainly other uh, matters that we can we can take care of. We can we can make the tax cuts permanent, which provide some security and um, consistency for for the middle class. But those are the items that that, that make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason over the next 12 months we can't engage in them. So since you can't run for president, Congressman Malinowski. Who do you think on the D side? Who do you think emerges? You want to, you want to give us your your thoughts on that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I took a shot. Susan. I'll tell you what my answer to that is. My answer is that I I don't know. I, I'm like everybody else going to be watching this field of candidates very closely and see who emerges as the one that I think is is best position for the office. But I will say here what I've said consistently, which is that every candidate for president better show up right here in the Lehigh Valley, because if they're not, they're missing a golden yeah. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Can you get them to do business matters? Could you get them to do business matters for us? <laughs> I, I'll, I, I have said I will not endorse anybody before the nomination, but 
I will appear with any candidate who wants to come to the district, wants to, wants to appear before people, wants to be introduced to mm -hmm. people. I'm happy to do that. It shouldn't be construed as an endorsement at all. But I'm, I think it's absolutely, if Pennsylvania is a key state, and anybody who doesn't come to this district is really missing the point. Big time. It, uh, it is in a big way. It will be. All right. So, as usual, we're almost out of time. So, in business matters, we always give you parting thoughts, and we have a minute to go. So, we'll start here with you, Congressman Muser. If you could give us your quick parting thoughts, we'll go down the line and, and thank you and say goodbye. Go right, thank you. I would just say that, you know, this whole idea of socialists, Democrats, you know, every member, uh, every person who's running for president on the Democrat side is seeking the endorsement of AOC. So that, that, should, that should bring a little bit of, um, of, of caution. Uh, look, I'm, uh, I'm honored to be in, 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 in Congress. I um, am working very hard for my constituents. I do think there's going to be, there's a lot that can get done. There was legislation that was passed last year, as I said, that'll be very helpful to our veterans, uh, to revitalization of, of our communities. Um, hey, come the end of the day, though, there's a lot of common ground up here. Uh, that is what I, I think uh, maybe even today is going to help us uh, come together even more so on. And I'm very open to finding a compromise. It's not a bad word to me, nor is negotiation. Uh, let's get a few things done. All right, we're down to 30 seconds. Congressman Wild. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a person up here who you see on a regular basis on cable news. Keep that in mind. There are 435 mm. members of Congress, not three or four. Um, and the people who are there by and large are doing, are laboring, are working hard every single day for, for everybody, all, all of the people in this room and all of the people viewing this. And that's what I want people to take away from this, is that Congress cannot be reduced to three or four personalities. Gotcha. Good point. Tom Monoski, close us out. There, there is a majority in the House of Representatives and in the Senate for a lot of the pragmatic things that you've heard us talking about. We're going to disagree on some things. That's the whole point of politics. But reducing health care, drug costs, infrastructure, investing in training, um, moving towards in a responsible way to a clean energy future. I think we could actually pass things if we could get some of the politics out of it that, that, would, that would make this country better. Not transform us, but make it better. And that's, I think, what we're all focused all on. All right. Very good point. I don't know about you, but these are three great, bright people. Thank God for them. We'll see you next week.